fictional friends and welcome to another episode of fully booked i'm megan and i'm shireen and we are continuing on our dystopian train over here at fully booked so dark so bleak so (laughs) snowy and rainy and disgusting outside which is what it's like when we're recording so i guess it makes sense yeah although this the movie that we're talking about today doesn't feel dark or like it like the tone is bleak but the weather is not particularly it's quite sunny a lot yeah. of the time. Surprisingly, considering it takes place in England. Yeah. <laughs> like the English countryside. Yeah. You're like, shouldn't it be raining yeah, all like, the time? Shouldn't it be raining a lot? I don't know. I've only been to England once, but when I was there, it only rained like one day out of eight that I was there. What month did you go? September. Yeah. Try going in October. Okay. Yes. Fine. <laughs> I'm sure it depends on the time of year. <laughs> then it's like just October through like August it, or through July, it just rains. It's every just day. rain, and then you have like two months of nice. It's good yeah, to know. Normally, you get like one weekend of nice. Yeah, there you go. Well, whatever. Maybe we were just lucky while yeah. we were there. It was always like cloudy, but it wasn't yeah. raining. So. But not as sunny as this movie. Anyway, no, this movie's tone is not sunny though. It's quite depressing. Bleak. Yeah. yeah. So today we are uh, talking about the young adult dystopian um, movie How I Live Now. Um, which I had never heard of. Again, Shireen's coming to at me with like all these titles and I'm like, what is that? Can you tell I like never read dystopian fiction? Cause I was just like, I was like, what is that? I've never heard of that before. Yet again, another one that I feel like no one ever talks about. With quite a star-studded cast. Yeah, that's it, exactly, that we'll get into in a couple of minutes, but I was just surprised, yeah. you know, when, like, I, like, you know, looked it up, and then we started watching it, and I was like, oh, look at that, oh, look at that, and I was just, I was just surprised. Well, I had read this one, so the reason why I know so many different dystopian novels is because that's pretty much what they get you to read in I love any that. type of, like, young adult fiction. I love that you've, like, read all of them except The Hunger Games. Oh, my God, yeah, but I refuse to. That one was just poorly written i don't like with it such a good premise anyway yeah. um but this one i remembered that i really liked it when i had read it because when we started talking about dystopian fiction that was when i was like oh like what about like chaos walking which we talked about the other week because yeah. i yeah. read the knife of letting go never letting go um and i remember that i really liked this book when i read it but i couldn't recall really what happened <laughs> yeah yeah that happens so often you either you read a book or you watch a movie and you're like and then years later you're like i remember i liked this but i don't remember <laughs> I don't what happened i don't remember what, what the happens. plot was yeah or i don't remember what i liked about it but i do remember enjoying it yeah and it's still sitting on my bookshelf here and oh, so yeah. i saw the title and i was like well what about this one and we looked it up and we realized that they actually made a movie out of this which I had never seen until yesterday. Yep, there you go. It was our first time for everybody. So we got to experience it firsthand. Um, A, like, very much, like, set... It's a different kind of dystopian story than, I guess, what we've been talking about Mm. up until now because there's no sci-fi element to it. And it's very um, real-world set and... A lot of it, like, you know, because obviously, like, dystopian is sort of like a branch of speculative fiction to a certain extent. And this is, I feel like that very, this very much falls into that kind it of does. category. Yeah, that's what I appreciate about this one. And I think that was what I liked about the book was that it was dystopian without being sci-fi. Yeah. Um, and it was you know, dystopian without being like feeling like it's something very much in the future. Like it is very much something that could happen. Yeah. What's going on? Following the detonation of a nuclear device, all civilians are being evacuated. This is our home. We're not leaving. I want to be here with you. 
So How I Live Now was released in 2013 and is based on the 2004 novel of the same name by an author named Meg Rosef. Rosef, I'm not sure. Sorry. Um, and it currently has a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb and 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I mean, I get I, it. I would have given it a little bit more. But agreed, not much. but yeah. I think that I understand because of the the tone of it. Like it's kind, of, it's you know, it's very dark. It's very heavy. Oh, it's very heavy. Um, yeah. So it's basically about. Um, oh wait, are we getting into it? Now? Yeah, yeah. Have we done the spiel? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so how I live now is uh, the story of Daisy, who's uh, sixteen years old, and she is American. Um, she goes to stay with her cousins in the English countryside and there's something, you know, they don't explain it right away, but there's something really dark going on in the UK. She lands and there's soldiers everywhere. Yeah. There's, there's really heavy security at the airport. Presence. Yeah. Um, in the book, she's sent away because her dad has remarried and is having a baby with another woman. They do they do say it in the film, but it's like a throwaway line. It's a throwaway line. Like it's line. almost nothing yeah. where she says she says something herself, the um Daisy, the character, she says something herself about the fact that, you know, they didn't want her around with the new baby coming or something like that. Oh, and right, I was like, okay. Oh, okay, all right, sure, whatever. Oh, right. Fine. I didn't catch on to that. Yeah, um, and when she's at the airport, you do see that there's been um some sort of bomb attack in mm-hmm. Paris like it's on the, on news the news in the airport um so they obviously have really heightened security there are military vehicles driving around and all that kind of stuff um yep. but then she's picked up so Daisy's played by Saoirse Ronan mm-hmm. and she's picked up by her younger cousin Isaac at the airport who's played by Tom Holland now keep in mind that this movie came out like almost 10 years ago yeah. now and you can tell yeah because Tom, Tom Holland, Holland looks, looks really so young baby. oh man I was like we saw him and I was like oh look how tiny he is I, know. I was like oh he looks like Harry Potter but not like Daniel Radcliffe like actual Harry Potter yeah like. I feel like he would have been like he was probably like what 15 when he made this movie probably. chances are yeah. he's like 25 or something now yeah. so there you go no, he's really cute. Um, so Isaac picks her up and uh, he's got his kind of crappy Jeep and she's like, how old are you? And he's like, 14. 14. Um, and she's like, and you have a license? And he's like, no, not really, but I've been driving since I was six. So um, she gets in the car with him and he's obviously a terrible driver. Um, but Obviously. <laughs> somehow They somehow make it back uh, to the countryside. And again, like what was surprising me in this movie was that they were being very subtle about like the um like the military presence like they were showing it but it wasn't like like super doom and gloom like they were more no. focusing on the relationship between well like, i think i liked cousins. yeah i think i liked that um for the like the first part as well because nothing has happened in their area yeah. yet there's a nice sort of like it's there and it like it exists but it's not the entire world of the story right yeah. away because right. it's not because nothing has affected them yet you know this right. is sort of like you know when you look at something where you're like oh yeah there's a you know there's like a conflict of some sort going on next door but we haven't had anything happen over here so we're kind of just going about our daily lives and that's really what would be happening pretty as much. well yeah pretty much and so um so they make it back to the farm, and uh, then we're introduced to Piper, the younger sister, yeah. who's probably like eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, something like sure. that, seven or eight. Um, and Edmund, Eddie, the Eddie. older brother. Who's also like 16. Yeah. Um, in the book, they have another sibling named... Oh, Osbert? It was Osbert a weird name. It was or a something. strange name. Um, 
And uh, but they don't have him in the movie. But their next door neighbor Joe uh, hangs out with them all. Oh the time. yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So um, and they've got two dogs, and so it's this very like idyllic farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daisy's very like angsty, like she's oh kind man of a jerk. She is like your like full angsty teen. Like she's got like a she has like a very nineties punk vibe going on. Yeah. Where she's got like you know really heavy black eyeliner. She's got like ripped like um, plaid pants mm-hmm. on. And like black, like heavy black boots and mm-hmm. stuff, like docks or something yeah, on, she's and you're very like, emo. wow, and yeah. You're like, this was like, I guess it makes sense because the novel was published in 2004. Yeah, that's Super it. Super emo phase. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was starting at that point. So I guess, I, I guess that does make sense. It's just funny because you know you're watching it and you're like, oh wow, in 2013, how would this have landed with people? Yeah, exactly. Because we were sort of past that point, past the emo phase. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, no, she pulls it off quite well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so we get introduced to all the characters. They have two dogs. Um, their mother is living at the house with them and, you know, they're very like hush hush about like, okay, you know, don't bother mom. Like mom's working. Um, it's kind of alluded to that mom is an expert on whatever's going on in the world. I believe that the, her character description, she says she's some sort of an expert on anti-terrorism. Right. Um, and so, like, there's kind of this understanding that whatever's happening is, like, the work of terrorists. Yes, yeah. Um, which, you know, again, in 2004, that makes sense that that would have been, like, the topic yeah. because we were all very afraid of terror. Yeah. I mean, we still are. We but, still are, but I understand. Um, you know. Um, and so uh, they've got, like, their house is really filthy. They got moldy food everywhere because it's basically these children who are running the house. Yeah, because the aunt, her name's Aunt Pen. Aunt she, Pen, yeah. She's, like, she's lovely and everything, but she's obviously always working and never taking, really taking care of the kids. So, and this is, like, a realistic version, I find, of kids being left up to their own devices. You know, you see so often mm. um, in films and stuff that you're like oh yes the kids have to take care of themselves and everybody has this like they like the kids are very responsible and they all act in a very like Matilda like manner that you're like I don't think that would happen necessarily I think there would be like gross food in the fridge and they would just be doing whatever yeah Yeah, dirty dishes everywhere that no one ever gets to and that kind of thing like a goat running through the house that the little girl has put like a horn on and she says this is my unicorn it's her unicorn Like, (laughs) like that too would definitely happen yeah (laughs) exactly um yeah there's only really there's only one scene with aunt pen like not too long after daisy arrives where they have a chat and we do get some exposition basically in the scene where you know uh we learn that daisy's mom passed away a number of years ago and that you know she's been sent there by her dad and she's not particularly happy about it um and aunt pen is constantly answering phone calls and stuff obviously because of everything that's going on and because of all these suspected terror attacks Mm. she's you know dealing with all of that and she is saying that she's leaving to go to geneva for basically like a large meeting convention whatever you'd like to call it in order to work towards a solution or a plan um to counteract what's been going on and she's like yeah don't worry my friend Shirley or something will be coming over to look in on you guys and it's no problem and everything should be totally fine you guys will be fine um have fun basically and then just leaves four children there by herself yeah in the book she goes to oslo but yeah same thing she just kind of ups and leaves and the kids are like okay like let's okay, have some, some fun and and then they just continue like their summer antics um there's this whole thing with daisy in the movie uh. that like i'm just it, it really confused me because i couldn't remember the book but i remember when i had first mentioned this to megan i thought that there was some sort of supernatural element to it sure 
And so, but I was getting it confused with the chrysalids. Um, yeah, I believe but that. But in the movie, they keep kind of making it seem like Daisy and Eddie have some sort of telepathic connection. Like a psychic connection where she is like in dreams and stuff, seeing where he is at different times and almost interacting with him. And you're like, oh, okay. Does she have like some sort of psychic ability? Yeah. Which is also like a big thing in dystopian it stuff, is. I find. It like really some is. Some sort of like telepathic, telekinetic yep. ability of some sort. Um, but we get through the entire story. It's never explained. Nope. And they, it really doesn't actually seem to be the case. It's just we're hearing her thoughts at different times for some reason. Yep. And she is, I guess, meant to be intuitive. But God, it comes across strange. It's strange. And like she's constantly like we're hearing her thoughts, like you said. And it's like things that she's saying to herself, I yes. guess. Yeah. Um, like that she's too fat or that she's this or, and she's not. She's skinny. It's um, teenager thoughts. It's teenager like, it's, thoughts. Which, you know... It does make sense, but I don't know why we needed to hear them. But, like, even Eddie says to her in the movie, like, oh, all that stuff in your head, like, you, he says something like that to yeah. her, and, like, and then they, like, amplify her thoughts, and, and then I was like, okay, so maybe he does hear her thoughts, yeah. and maybe she hears his, like, but I don't know if they're trying to demonstrate, like, the level of, like, romantic connection that the two characters have. Oh, yeah, because isn't that fun? Oh, Um, yeah. Basically, within a very short period of time after Aunt Pen leaves, they all spend more time together, and they do get, you know, close, and Daisy comes out of her shell and stops being angry at the world, basically. Um, But then she falls in love with Eddie, and he falls in love with her, and And they're cousins. And they're first cousins. (laughs) Yeah, but he's my first cousin. (laughs) (laughs) So you have your cousins, and then you have your your first cousins, cousins, and then you have your second cousins. Oh, Mean Girls can be applied to everything, apparently. Somehow it's appropriate in every situation. But Uh, but it was super weird. As soon as it started happening, because we were like, I was like, we were watching it and I was like, oh, I was like, are they having a, and I was like, oh, wait. And I was like, wait, is he one of her cousins or is he like, and Shireen goes, no, he's like the kid who's like the neighbor's kid, right? Like he's the kid (laughs) who's the neighbor's kid. kid. And I was like, uh, and then I checked and I was like, nope. Nope. I was like, he's one of the cousins. And Shireen was like, oh God, never mind. Slim pickings during a war, apparently. I, but it wasn't even a war yet. I, know. I, you know what? I, I did say though while we were watching it, and I wonder if that's the case. If it was 2013, were we in? I don't remember, but were we in like full Game, Game of, of Thrones, Thrones mode by now? Like, was was incest so. cool yeah. in 2013? <laughs> I don't know if it was ever cool, Megan. Like, I think it was, you know, being discussed. People uh, were. I think people were weirdly okay with that relationship in a way that they shouldn't have been. Well, whatever. True. Uh, <laughs> we digress. Um, so yeah, so Daisy and Eddie fall in love, um, and Aunt Pen still hasn't come back. Um, she also like never calls them. She never calls them. Nothing, and uh, they they kind of mention that it's because the lines of communication are cut, so the electricity goes out. Oh suddenly. well, there's yeah, so there's a a huge basically oh, yeah. boom that they hear one day, and they're like, what the fuck? And then. Um, Ash, Ash basically rains down on them and they're like, what's going on? And of course, Piper is little. So she's like, oh, it's snowing, but it's like July. So that doesn't make sense. And then they run back to the house and they've turned on the news and it turns out a massive nuclear weapon of some sort has been detonated in like central London and has killed like tens of thousands of people. In the book, it's just a regular bomb. I don't think it's a nuclear bomb. This makes the movie makes more sense to me that way. Yeah. Oh, for sure, because it's like oh, dozens of people were killed. It's like mm. that's sad, but that's happened before. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think you know, yeah, nuclear detonation would because then they end up in like full fledged war. Yes, because basically right after that, what they've indicated is that you know the military is all coming in and basically martial law has been declared. Yeah. And I was like, okay, now I know that there would be. 
um, a very strong reaction to any sort of explosive device going off, particularly mm. in a large city. Mm. However, unfortunately, explosive devices have gone off in large cities before, and I don't believe that martial law has ever been declared when no. that has happened. I'm thinking of like the attacks in Paris in like what and 2017 London. and yeah. in London as well in 2007 in the two yeah yeah so it's obviously a very very serious and also like the fact that there's ash raining down on them all the way out in the countryside yeah because like, she says she's like how far is London and he's like far. far like she drove for a good couple of hours yeah. with Isaac from the airport and I think he p- picked her up at like Heathrow or something and he they drove have. like a good couple of hours like Gatwick <laughs> they probably filmed it at yeah Gatwick. <laughs> um yeah so uh, they go back to the house. Um, they're watching the news, and then the power goes out. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't. I think it's the next day. A man shows up, and he's looking for Daisy. And basically, he's from the American Embassy in Scotland. Yes. Yeah. He says, "I'm from the Embassy in Edinburgh." Yeah. And uh, he gives her papers to get her back to the mm-hmm. UK, the U.S. Yeah, because he's like, "Well, you're a U.S. citizen, so here's." asylum basically like I think they would fly her back to the states and she's like well what about my cousins and he's like they're not US citizens like I can't do anything for them you know and even when he's leaving because she's like she takes the paper and she's like okay thanks I guess he leaves and you know Eddie's asking him he's like what's what's happening because they don't have access to they're not in the city information they have no information there's no one around to be gathering information for them everything's down and nothing's working communication wise so it's not like they could get anything out even if they wanted to Um, and you know, he's saying, he's like, oh yeah, he's like, don't don't worry. worry They're evacuating people like a little bit at a time. So like, they'll definitely be here within like a couple of days to this area and they'll get you guys out. That doesn't happen because it seems to me like a lot longer goes by than a couple of days. Yeah. Well, like, you know, he starts, so Eddie starts to like chop wood and like prepare and he says to Daisy, that they won't be evacuating. They have a barn on the other side of the field and they're just going to stay there because he doesn't want to split his family up. Yeah. Um, and Daisy then makes the, the decision, stupidly, to mm. um, burn all of her like tickets and all of her paperwork. Well, she's decided um, that she's 16 and in love, right? So I think that yeah. she's just... <laughs> and she says that she's, she wants to be with Eddie like if there's a life after the war and like all this romantic I shit. I want us to be together and then they have sex. <laughs> and then they have sex. And I don't feel good about it because it's weird. <laughs> they they literally, there's like one scene in the film where they kiss and they're like, no, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this. It's weird it's a bad idea and I'm like okay and it's like one scene of conflict and then immediately like no we're good (laughs) never mind never mind the mind connection sexual tension is too much apparently (laughs) Um, we're going full flowers in the attic with it people (laughs) um and so they're all kind of living in this like Eden for a while you know yeah they they have have, a bit of a little utopic sort of like we're just existing rabbits and they're fishing and they're getting their own food yeah and you pointed out very smartly that you were like wow it's a good thing they kind of like get things moving in a different way because you were like yeah it's gonna be super this all seems lovely now but just wait until winter well yeah because it's like okay first of all they're showing the British countryside and they're showing like that it's like super warm and nice which it can be don't get me wrong like in the summer but like when it starts to rain and when it gets cold, like, ooh, it gets cold. Yeah, that's like, it. And they're and not going to sit outside. And they're not in California or something. Like, when winter hits, like, there will be actual snow and it will actually be cold outside. Be cold. Um, and so then one morning they start, they hear bullets. Um, the military has come in. Yeah. They say that it's, you know, there's foreign, like, whatever terrorists crawling all over the area mm-hmm. and they have to evacuate. Um, they put up a fight and um, the girls end up getting separated from the boys. 
um, Daisy and uh, what's her name? Oh, Piper. 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 Yeah. Daisy and Piper get taken to um, this military housing. Like they're living with a, a couple who, and a major, I believe, and his wife. If I'm not yeah, mistaken, in Scotland. I think. I think it's in yeah. Scotland. I think they take them to Scotland. Um, oh no! Wait, but then how do they walk all the way back after? Well, they walk for a long time. I suppose so. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's in Scotland. Maybe it's further out in England where nothing Could is be. wrong yet. I don't know because they show up and the military's like, "Yeah, there are terrorist factions in this area." I'm like, "Fucking where?" But okay, yeah. like yeah. where? There's just like tiny cottages here, but right. sure. Yeah. And you know, and it's on. It's it is like ugh, like it's icky because you you know they're asking the boys. They're like, "How old are you?" And you can tell that they just want to make sure that they're over like 11 so they can give them a gun Mm -hmm. and be like here great help us with this yeah and it's just really sad because like while this is all like they're fighting and trying to stay together um and eddie says to daisy like promise me you'll make your way back here no matter what yeah um and eddie's like fighting with the soldiers and isaac gets really afraid and he pees himself Um, it's sad yeah it's 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 as scary as it would be for the for children to be experiencing this like none of these people are of age you know they're all very young yeah eddie and daisy are the oldest ones you know yeah 16 they're only kids you know and so so we don't really know what happens to the boys. The girls get taken to this house, and for the most part, I guess you could say they're well taken care of. Like I guess they have, so. I mean, they have look, they they have shelter, they have food, um, yeah. you know, and they're just like Daisy's smart enough to just be quiet and go along with it. And she tells Piper, like, okay, just eat your food, yeah. don't say anything, yeah, keep your mouth shut, and we will escape, and it will be fine. Because basically, what they've done is that, of course, the boys and the men have been sent to kind of like you know counteract all of this and to fight, and yeah. the women and children, basically, like the young children, have been. Um, they're sort of forced put to work, um, in like fields and stuff and to like gather crops and yeah. things in order to provide food for the population at large, I'm assuming, and like rations and, and, stuff. and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of what they do all day. They go, you know, into the field, they kind of like decide which potatoes are still edible, yeah. um, and put all of that together. And then they go back home and they're just back and forth on army convoys. And you see, there's like a period of time, probably a number of weeks, I would assume mm. that goes by until... We come to a bit of a head, so Daisy and Piper run into Joe, who's that yeah. neighbor boy who they used to hang out with, and yeah. he's very upset because he's been separated from everyone, and also it turns out I think the people in the military killed his dog, Yeah, um, which is too bad. Yeah, and he's, he's really upset And that. he's like, what, 13 probably? Yeah, he's um, young. He's younger than Isaac, for sure. Yeah, I think he is by maybe like a year or two. Yeah. Um, so they're on their way back on the convoy. They get to, they've set up these checkpoints everywhere. They get to this checkpoint, and... and Joe has been drinking. He's, oh, yeah, he's got, he's got a, a little flat. And, and he's really depressed. Like, you can tell, like, I think that's what they're trying to portray. Yeah, he's having is problems. That he's really having, like, a hard time. Like, he hasn't got the mindset that Daisy has where it's just, like, put your head down, work, and, like, you'll just get through this. We will get of. out, yeah. Um, Joe seems to have completely given up. Uh, because they've killed his dog and, you know, they've taken him away from his dad and Mm -hmm. he has no idea what's going on. And and he's somehow got himself a flask and he's completely drunk. um, And they're on this convoy and they get to a checkpoint and they realize that the terrorists have taken the checkpoint. And Joe, who's drunk, um, instead of getting down and putting his head down, um, he stands up and starts yelling at them, saying, you killed my dog. Like, and so they shoot him. And though they kill him. Yeah. Uh, It's... It's really sad. It's rough. It is rough. Like, this whole movie is rough. Yeah, like he's like <laughs> he because like, he's like crawling around on the ground after, and he's and got he's a got bullet 
through his head. In his head. Yeah, he's got yeah. a hole in his head, and you're like, oh, my God, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, so he dies. And then, the you know, of course, the convoy takes back off to go, and then now we've realized that the area that they are staying in is now being breached. And yeah. so basically that same evening back at the major and his wife's house, they're here overhearing an argument between the two of them where, you know, the major's like, we need to go, we need to leave. But, of course, it turns out that the major and his wife have a son named Nick who has probably gone off to the front line and is probably dead. Mm, that's um, what said. And her whole thing is, like, the wife's whole thing is that she's like, no, we can't leave, we can't leave because Nick needs to know where to come home to. I'm not leaving yeah. without my son. And the major's like, you're being ridiculous. We gotta go. We need to leave. They are here. And you can hear bombs a a short enough distance away that are starting to go off. And so Daisy says to Piper, you know, we have to go now. We have to leave now. And And it is a good cover. Well, Daisy's been collecting... um, some of the rations, rations and food and stuff. and, like, different things. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, she's been kind of stocking up over the last few weeks mm-hmm. and stealing things. So she's ready to go. Like, she's got her bag ready with a map and everything. And so they run um, and they get out and they just don't really look back and they just keep walking yeah. and walking and walking. There's a very long period of time where they're just walking and walking and walking. Well, and there's, like, I guess you're supposed to understand that there's a passage of time and that Piper is young. And so like for her, like this is very difficult. Yeah. So she's like complaining a lot. You know, Daisy berates her at one point, but then apologizes. Like it's the usual kind of tension that yeah. would build up, especially with like a younger kid who only has a really basic grasp of what's really going mm. on here. I think she understands enough. I think yeah. she does. By the time, like, this point has, yeah, uh, has she's, come she's upon everyone. Yeah. yeah, she's like, oh, okay, I see what's happening, you know. But she's still like, "I where's my mom, Yeah, you know? Yeah, um, they walk and walk and walk, and then they get to uh, Gateshead Farm, uh, which is where they heard the boys were sent. Is it Gateshead or Gatesfield? Something, Gates something. Okay. Some farm. Yes, Um, which is where the boys were apparently being taken. That's right, like the older boys. That's where they sent Isaac and... um, Eddie. Eddie. Um, And so they get there, and when they see the the name, then they get really excited because they're like, oh, are they here? And so they go and they realize that it's completely deserted. There's no one there. Uh, Daisy goes to, she turns a corner and she sees a pile of bodies. Uh, It's rough. Um, These bodies have like plastic bags over their heads. Uh, They've been beaten. Yeah, they've Um, just kind of been left there. There's been some sort of massacre or whatnot. And all these bodies have been left in like, um, I can't even call it a grave because it's not even a hole in the ground. They're just on the ground, on a pile. On the cement, in a pile. Um, There's foxes eating their flesh. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty gross. And Um, so she takes it upon herself to figure this out. So she starts... She knows she has to. Yeah, she knows she has to get confirmation, basically. So she starts opening the bags. And like, I can only imagine how that smells. But she starts opening the bags and checking. And unfortunately, she finds Isaac in the pile. And obviously, he's been dead for a while. So obviously, he was killed when this happened. Um, She understandably, which I would do the exact same thing, goes back to Piper, who's waiting outside, and is like, yep, we need to leave, and does not tell her what she found, which is fine. I think you're right, because you mentioned this while we were watching, that you were like, I think she wants to get confirmation of whether or not Eddie is still alive before before she says anything. Well, I think, like, at this point, it makes sense. She's seen how Joe took things yeah she doesn't want piper to completely give up for sure know? like and assume that they're just all going to die all dead. yeah we'll exactly. never make it through we'll never do anything and so they continue their arduous trek back yep. to the house um at one point they are set upon by a couple of uh 
I don't know. Looters. Looter. Yeah, runaways, probably looters. Guys like, who are just probably guys who like defected from that sort of militia that's been formed yeah. and have just decided they're going to do whatever the hell they want now. So they chase them. They pick Piper up and they're like, hey, we're going to take you with us. And I'm like, ew, why? Yeah. Um, and then smartly Daisy pops out and shoots them. Good for both her. Of them. Yeah, I was really glad that we were both like there, like, oh god, she's not gonna shoot them, and what? she does, and we're like, oh okay. I figured she. I had a feeling she was gonna shoot the first one to prove her point, but yeah. then with the second guy, yeah, I was like, oh, don't do that thing where you're like not going to. And good for her. He was like, no, don't, don't, don't. And she shot him, and I was like, okay, all right, that's fine. Good. But for then you. she. But then other decisions are weird. She doesn't take the gun that they have. Oh, I know. Like she doesn't. She's not very good at looting. Like no. they come across like a, a plane that had crashed at one point. It was most likely shot down or something. Yeah, and Megan and I are like shouting at the screen saying. Like pick some stuff <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, I was like, like oh pick God. up some stuff. Go you through know? like go through some bags and see if you can find like extra clothes or maybe yeah. like any kind of food from the airplane, water, like any of that stuff. Oh yeah, because that's another thing. Then and again, we don't get one hundred percent confirmation, but I guess it's true that when they're staying with the major and his wife, they learn that apparently the water supply has been tainted in a lot of areas, mm. and so they need these like water tablets to decontaminate them and. Even though, like, they had been staying back up at the house that they were at, and they had never needed it. Like, they were swimming, drinking the water and stuff. But again, maybe it didn't make it out that far. Maybe it's part of a different system. Maybe it's just propaganda. Maybe it's just propaganda. Like, we don't know. There's no... I guess it kind of makes sense because you only know what the characters are hearing from people. Exactly. And so they they have that struggle where they don't really have any water because Daisy didn't have any water tablets and... Like, I'm just like, you know, loot the plane. Like, they've got to have bottled water They must there have had somewhere. bottled water on the plane. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But she just, like, doesn't take anything. And I know it's because, like, of course, we're supposed to be, like, concerned about them. Yeah. But I'm like, oh. I know. <laughs> I don't like it when characters make decisions like that where you're like, there's all this stuff lying on the ground. I know. Like, you could Pick just something take something. Up. Like, yeah, you would be terrible at, like, a video game where you're supposed to be collecting things yeah exactly. <laughs> he's so bad at it so, so bad. bad i would have like a second bag at that point yeah. with a bunch of stuff in it but whatever of course. so anyway. they finally finally make it back to the house there are yes. just like very long scenes of them kind of walking trying to do something walking yeah. trying to do something at one point i said to megan i'm like okay this is getting really tedious yeah you're like, like are they gonna get back <laughs> or not because like man we're dragging now so yeah. also she keeps having these like flashbacks or memories or dreams or whatever about Eddie. Eddie yeah and she keeps being like no he's already at the house I yeah. know he's already there I because I've seen there. him and again that I didn't make sense to me by the end I was like is she it does she have an ability or not it's just unclear I have to reread this book <sighs> it's unclear and I don't like it yeah no I know <laughs> so they finally get back to the house um the dog's there yeah their dog is still there and he's okay he's a little bit hurt but he seems fine yeah. um and so you know she's started like wandering around looking for Eddie and stuff like that and she can't find him anywhere and then she thinks he's dead and then they've what part of what they were able to because they lost their map part of what they were able to follow back to the house was because eddie earlier on again this was just for plot purposes obviously he had been at the beginning of the story he had been nursing um an injured hawk back to health to release her back into the wild because she had like a broken wing and before everything starts happening they like let her go and she flies around the area and of course they start seeing the hawk on their way back and she's like oh it's eddie's pet hawk and so i guess the hawk kind of leads them back to the right area yeah um, so then of course she follows the hawk out cause she's like, oh, he's in the woods. I don't, I don't know. Again, no, the dog starts barking. Oh no, yes. They get, they get back to the, they follow oh, the hawk yeah. to get back to the cottage. But and then, then she it's... gets there and she's like, 
sobbing because he's not there. She thinks he's dead or whatever. And then that's at the dogs barking outside. And Piper's yeah. like, what's up with him? And she's like, oh, it's Eddie. He's in the woods. And you're like, yeah. again, there's no way for How you to you know, know that. that. Yeah. Anyway, she runs off into the woods. She runs to um, the little like hawk cage that he had put together. Yeah. And she finds him there on the ground, really badly beaten. Yeah. Like he can't even open his eyes very well. Yeah. They're both like swollen shut pretty much. Right. Um, so, you know, they kind of nurse him back a little bit, but pretty much basically whatever happened, um, at whatever this massacre was at like Gateshead or Gatesfield, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, with, you know, and with his brother and stuff, whatever he saw, whatever he had to do, he is fully traumatized. He doesn't speak anymore. He's just completely mute. And he like tries to refuse food and Daisy's just trying to nurse him back to health and make sure like, you know. Anyway, so, you know, then she starts narrating and saying that, um, you know, she she's doing her best. She's there for him. Um, and they show, like, I guess it must be a few months later. Again, it's sunny outside. Um, yeah. And, what time of year is it supposed to no be? I have no idea. Um, and, you know, they show uh, Daisy in the kitchen with Piper and um, Eddie's outside doing some gardening. Yeah. And, like, his scars and his burns are, like, healing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Piper turns to Daisy and she says, Isaac's not coming home, is he? And no. And she just shakes her head, And you she know? just doesn't really say anything. Yeah. She's like, uh, yeah, I guess not. Yeah. Um, but they we're also finally getting information the power comes back on. That's right. And, yep. of course, they overhear on the news that there has been a ceasefire right. called. Mm-hmm. And so, and strangely, I was like, wow, I don't know how many months this thing lasted. But what they're saying is that they're thinking that within three months... 80% of the country will be back to functioning normally. And, and you're I was just like, like, what? Like, how bad was this war if in three months we're back? Like, <laughs> we're all good. We're all okay. Yeah, that's like, it. everybody go back to life. And like, now I like think... they did with the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's maybe realistic. Um, so, we, and you know, we see now that like they're, they've left people alone now and the military will drive by all these residential areas and drop off rations yeah. basically for them so that they also have something um, to use, which is what they're doing. So that's fine. So that's sort of sorted. And then you have, I guess, just like a closing scene of um, Daisy and Eddie having like a moment where he snaps out of it a little bit because... At the beginning of the story, again, this was like one of the moments of quote unquote sexual tension earlier. They were hopping over a fence and Daisy cut her finger on the fence. And Eddie's like, oh, okay, wait, no, hang on, I'll fix it. And he like, you know, puts it in his mouth and sucks the blood out. And I was like, that's not hot, but okay. (laughs) Don't put anybody else's blood in your your mouth, guys. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Um, But then there he's tending like some flower bushes and he cuts his finger on a thorn. And she comes over and she's like, oh, okay, hang on. And she does the same thing. And it seems to snap him out of it because it's so romantic. And he hugs her. And then she has a little speech about the fact that this is how she lives now. Yeah. Um, in the book, she actually goes back to the U.S. Um, for like a while, right? For like six years. And then she decides to move back to the farm mm-hmm. uh, to be with Eddie and Piper. Um, it, it's not that different from the movie. Um she basically decides to stay with them and take care of them because they don't have anybody else. Yeah, we never find out what happened to Aunt Pen. Like, we don't no. know. Um, and in the book, uh, Isaac doesn't die. He just goes to fight on the front line and they never hear from him Yes, yeah, because they don't hear from him for several years. For several years, yeah. And I'm like, what? So, and I thought that that 
that's where they were going to go in the movie as well. Like, I kind of thought that the um, suggestion was that Isaac was going to kind of turn, like, bad, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, appreciate, like, the military lifestyle and stuff. But, but no, nope, they, did they not killed him. They killed him. They did Tom Holland dirty. Poor guy. Ouch. Yeah, he looked really little, and he had little glasses on. <laughs> so cute. I know. Um... So yeah, that's the whole thing. It was like it wasn't bad. Like I will say that it was actually like surprisingly, I guess, more emotional than a lot of these tend to be. Again, I feel like the lack of sci-fi element maybe does something yeah. because it feels more real world and more more like more of a possibility. Yeah. More of a realistic possibility, which we don't get when you have spaceships flying around exactly. and people going to distant planets to try and relocate and yeah. stuff. It's just, it doesn't quite feel the same. Or it's like an alien invasion. It doesn't feel as set in the real world, right? I guess. So this feels like something that could potentially happen. Unfortunately, terror attacks do happen. Um, so I guess, I guess in that way, it is a lot more effective. Yeah, I, I thought it was actually a very good movie. It was like, pretty it was, good. It was pretty good. The acting was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of um, celebrities in the movie. And yeah, the uh, kids were good. Like, the acting, the yeah. caliber of actor in the film was quite good. So, you know, that's it. Like, again, I think it's just, like, overall not my type of story. Mm-hmm. And the incest thing feels unnecessary. <laughs> but there had to be romance. Why didn't? Why were they related to each other? Yeah, exactly. It just worked out that way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but it was it was not bad, and I'm again surprised to see a film with this many people in it that I have never heard of before. <laughs> I know there's so many of them, especially in this um, in this category of. Like, yeah, yeah. This like weird like young adult sort of like dystopian science fiction. Yeah. world that exists maybe they just made a slew of them and there were too many to keep track of maybe i mean tom holland's been in both movies that we've done this month so oh, that's weird <laughs> yeah we said well, when the credits were rolling at the beginning of this one i was like is tom holland in this one too <laughs> uh, he's been in like so many like underground movies here like there's these random films yeah. that like didn't necessarily make any money it's very odd it's weird it's very strange yeah. that he was doing all of this and then was suddenly spider-man <laughs> <laughs> suddenly spider-man suddenly spider-man you're like wait what, what? hang on yeah. uh but yeah it was a decent film and this book i'm looking at the book on your bookshelf right now and it's really small it's not very big no way <laughs> there's like nothing to it no, it looks like a hundred pages <laughs> It is. It's a really tiny book. Um, it's, whoops, nope, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the wrong page. Um, this is a, another chapter of Just In Case. Okay. Um, 194 pages. Wow. Yeah. That's like a, that's a day read. Yeah, <laughs> You can get exactly. through that in an afternoon if you wanted to. Just In Case. She wrote another book called Just In Case. Okay, but we don't know anything about it, Shereen. You can't just put it out there to people <laughs> if you don't know what it is. <laughs> Okay, edit this out. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we want to know what you guys think of How I Live Now, if you've read it, and if you've seen the movie, and maybe we were just living under a rock because <laughs> we had no idea it existed, but you can let us know um, on our Instagram page at fullybookedca. You can also check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. And if you're still here with us, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening to this episode because it really helps us get the show out in front of more people. But until next week, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone.